Well, hello and welcome back to Kindled. I'm so excited to bring you this episode today. I wasn't actually planning to release an episode today, and then I got the opportunity this past weekend to meet Charlotte O'Hara, who is running for the chair of the Johnson County Commissioner's uh, seat. And so she is running in that position. She's currently serving as one of the county commissioners, and uh, just FYI, Johnson County's a county in Kansas where I live. And uh, as I have followed local politics, especially much more the last couple of years, I have seen just how hard Charlotte O'Hara has fought for our kids uh, to be in person, to not be masked, to have um, just a, a safe learning environment where they're not being indoctrinated and highly sexualized and um, just you know, treated like children, being able to have a normal existence. And she's awesome on so many other issues as well. But I am so excited to bring you this conversation with her. That was kind of a last second thing that we pulled together. And um, I I just wanted to release this ahead of tomorrow. I know a lot of people have already probably done early voting, but there are so many people who wait for the polls on November 8th. And so I encourage you to check this out. Even if you're not local, this is a conversation that um, expands beyond the the local politics in my particular area and really touches on just the conversation that we're having nationally about um, all of these issues, uh, the, the rights of citizens to decide what goes into their body, the rights of the pre-born, um, the fact that spending is at an all-time high both federally and in many state budgets, that we are just, the inflation is out of control, that families cannot afford Um, the homes that they own anymore, property taxes, so many important issues on the ballot, as well as, of course, the issues that we touch a lot on here, the gender and sexuality topic where we are rejecting reality in so many ways. And this is one of the things that I kind of bring up in the interview, uh, which you'll hear, but just this, what is on the ballot tomorrow is really, will you accept reality as it is? Will you recognize that there is such a thing as male and female? Will you recognize that there is such a thing as only having so much money in the bank account and you can't forever spend beyond your means? Will you recognize that uh, that inalienable rights are uh, due to each individual because they're made in the image of God and they are uh, supposed to be protected under our Constitution? And will you vote for people who recognize that reality Or will you vote for people who reject that reality? So there's so many of these topics that we discuss that really hinge on this question of will you accept or reject reality as it stands? And um, so this is a great conversation I'm excited to share with you. And I just encourage you, regardless, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I just don't have any hope in our elections anymore. My stance is I understand why you would feel that way. I really do we don't have another option. (laughs) Like not voting is not a valid option because there is absolutely no hope if you refuse to vote. If you refuse to vote, your vote will certainly not be counted. Your only hope of having a positive impact on your local politics that affect the people in your community, even your own family, is to show up and vote tomorrow. So I really encourage you to do that. Um, with everything that's in me, I believe in it. I believe that it is our civic duty as Americans. And, um, you know, I believe also that God is sovereign. He's sovereign over elections. And um, nothing we do tomorrow changes history, but we get to agree with what God says about 
uh, the dignity of every human life. We get to agree with what he says about uh, what is right for our children, what is right for the future generations of this country on a local level as well as a state level. We get to partner with him by agreeing and submitting to what he says and then acting in line with that. He's the one who sets up um, kings and kingdoms and tears them down. And he is sovereign. He can do that with or without us, and he will. But I will not miss the opportunity to take part in that and to um, have a positive impact in whatever way I can in my sphere of influence, where I live, and the very most foundational, basic way I can do that, which so many have fought and died for before me, in order for me to be able to do it, is to vote. So I believe in it still, despite all of the, um, you know, all of the concerns the last couple of years over election integrity, I still believe in voting. So um, with that, I will get into my conversation with Charlotte O'Hara. All right. So today on Kindled, I am chatting with Charlotte O'Hara. Charlotte, thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. So before we get into our conversation, could you tell listeners who you are and what you do? Yes. Okay. I'm uh, Charlotte O'Hara. And right now I am the uh, commissioner for the third district, which is Southeast part of Johnson County. And um, so I serve the public right now in that position before I was a state representative in 2011 and 2012. Prior to that, I was the uh, chairwoman for the Republican Party in the third district. Um, I have been involved in politics for a long time and uh, have worked on a lot of uh, many, 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 many elections. And, um, you know, I've, I've supported good, strong conservative candidates. That's awesome. Uh, I am so thankful that people like you exist still and are still engaged in politics. Um, sometimes I just I wonder how do you do it because, man, it is a it is a dirty business in a lot of ways, isn't it? Well, you know what? You just stand and you say the truth, and and I tell people it's easy because I don't change my story. It's it's the same today as it was yesterday, two weeks ago, five years ago. I'm just I'm a I'm a fiscal and social conservative. And when I'm out talking to people, I'm very, very clear about that because I think it's very important that you're transparent as to who and what you are. I have an extensive background in business. I was a general contractor in the 80s, 90s, and into the 2000s. I own a couple of industrial buildings and and currently um, in partnership with my son in a small manufacturing company in Olathe. I have five kids, seven grandkids, one dog and one horse. Oh, you have a horse. That's fun. My girls are very into horseback riding right now. Yeah. That's so cool. It's an expensive hobby, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's great. It is fantastic. Yeah. They're so fun to be around. I, my girls are actually looking for me to find them a new place to, to go ride. So might have to pick your brain on that later. Um, but okay. So we're going to talk today. You are running for the chair of the Johnson County commissioner board, correct? Yes. Yes, I am. And it's a very, very important position because the chair sets the agenda and it really handicaps the other six commissioners because they're not in that position. However, I have found from commissioner comment time that I do have the opportunity to make motions uh, on issues that I find extremely concerning. And um, they, they get a little cranky with me, but that's okay because they don't want anything. They don't want anything outside the script. And right. uh, so uh, I, I'm, 
I don't hesitate if there's an issue that needs to be brought up. I don't hesitate to bring it up. And and uh, Michael Ashcraft is the other conservative currently on the board. And he usually seconds my uh, motions, I'd say at least 90% of the time. So yeah. it's nice to have somebody to back you up. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I really admire that about you. And it's such a rare quality to find today in um, someone who works in politics, but even just people who aren't in politics, really, frankly, someone who's willing to stand alone and stand up for what they believe is right and true, regardless of what people say, what people think, whether it makes people cranky, as you said, whether people hate <laughs> you, like that is so rare in our world today. Well, I, it's simple for me. Uh, an example, I can't remember the date, but there were a there there was a, a a large crowd that came up and they wanted to speak on. I believe it was a mask mandate, mm -hmm. and um, the leadership on the board sent them down into the basement. I call it the dungeon, and mm -hmm. forced them to to communicate with the board via Zoom. I, I found that. that so extremely extremely. Um, disrespectful. So mm -hmm. I went down and I zoomed into our board meeting from the downstairs. And because I wanted to hear the public comments, I wanted to be face to face with with the public. And um, actually, when we were in zoom meetings, uh, in the commission, I would go over to another broken egg, and I would zoom in from there, so that people would have the opportunity to come and hang out with me. And at least that they would have one commissioner that they would have public yeah. access to. That is so cool. And for those listening who are not local, another broken egg is a uh, local breakfast joint that is, is very freedom fighting and, and believes in yes. that. So yes. man, that is, that's just really cool. And that just speaks to your, um, you know, your integrity as an individual, the fact that you kind of are who you say you are, you believe what you believe, you're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes or run on one platform. And then once you get into office, totally switch everything you do, which um, is pretty standard fare for American politics these days. Right. Um, so I appreciate that. Yeah, it is unfortunate. And I, I hate that you know, it's really sad. Like I, I make these jokes about like, oh, it's a dirty business, but I, it shouldn't be. It's, it's really unfortunate that that is the, the reality because politics as you know, one of my favorite podcasters, Ali Beth Stuckey always says politics affects policies and policies affect people. And Absolutely. the fact, you know, the fact that this has become just so um, underhanded and uh, corrupt and you, you really can't trust that anyone's going to do what they say they're going to do is just, uh, you know, I guess a, a testament to the state of um, this, the human soul and depravity of man, but. Man. Well, you know what, I, I really encourage people to attend city council meetings, board of county commissioner meetings, um, JCCC meetings, all of these different meetings, because the process is so moderating. And if, if your elected officials don't hear from you, if they don't see you at these meetings, then they start feeling extremely isolated and they start going along with the crowd. And the same thing with our uh, state representatives and state senators. We need to be there. We need to hold their feet to the fire. We need to have leadership within the Republican Party that actually will call out Republicans when they vote counter to our platform. In, mm -hmm. in fact, when I was the chairwoman for the third uh, congressional district for the Republican Party, I had a little publication and I would call uh, the uh, 
representatives or senators out when they when they did not when they voted contrary to our platform. I gave them the opportunity to explain why they did in my little publication. Um, but we don't have anybody now in the Republican Party that's really willing to say, hey, we do have a platform and why aren't you adhering to it? Uh, it's just and people grassroots. That is where the power really comes from is is that that you are engaged. And that is one thing that that COVID has done. It's really, really empowered people and opened their eyes to understand that this is their government. This is their government. Yeah. And right. they need to be engaged and, and you know, decide where you want to be focused on the school board or the city council or the board of county commissioners or the JCCC. Mm -hmm. I mean, just figure out where you want to be focused and then consistently go and speak at the public comment time. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's that, it's that simple, but it does take effort yeah. and it does take consistency because the status quo believes and they, they are right. In the past, it's been it's been correct that there will be an issue that comes up. A bunch of people will come to the board of county commissioner meeting or city council or wherever, and then they the people disappear. And mm -hmm. and it really is very incumbent upon uh, people to figure out where they want to be involved and be very consistent. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you about our first sponsor for today, and that is Sue Yount with Plexus. Now, Sue's company, Plexus focuses on gut health and gut support. They have all kinds of supplements to help you with that. Recently, my husband actually had a health scare related to his gut. He had acute colon inflammation, which resulted in a very expensive ambulance ride, some time in the ER, and then a lot of follow-up tests and kind of investigative stuff with specialists to see what was going on. And ultimately where we landed is thankfully he is okay, but he does have to be more intentional about making sure he's maintaining a healthy gut and his you know, intestinal tract, which are words I don't often use on this podcast. But all of that to say, my family has been very focused on making sure that we are getting the supplements that we need that assist us in maintaining a healthy gut. And Plexus has just the products to help us do that. So I am um, a, a consumer, a purchaser myself of these products. I would not tell you about them unless I use them myself and actually felt like they were helping me. Um, I love the fizzy sticks from Plexus that I get. I love that my girls have the kids version of the microbiome because I know their diets are probably deficient in a lot of those good bacteria that they need to help them fight off whatever sicknesses are getting passed around this year. I just appreciate that there's a company that I can trust and rely on and know that it is going to give my family's health that little boost it needs, especially in these winter months. So I encourage you to check out Sue's custom link at bit.ly slash healthy with Sue. That's bit.ly slash healthy with Sue. She's giving Kindle listeners 10% off their welcome pack orders, plus a free Plexus branded shaker bottle with a purchase of $50 or more. So check out bit.ly and that's bit.ly slash healthy with Sue. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I'll, I'll admit that I was one of those parents who prior to 2020, um, you know, I'm in my early mid thirties. I, I really was one of those people who believed that the most important election was the presidential election. 
And then 2020 hit and they wanted to put my five-year-old in a plastic face shield every day for eight hours. And I was like, hold on, what? How is this? How is this happening? Who's in charge of this decision? Who's allowing this? Who do I need to go to? Who do I need to talk to? Because I will go as far as I need to go. But that really showed me and it impressed upon me the importance of the local officials and people like your county chair members, people like the school board presidents, people that are these lower level elected positions um, and community representatives that are the ones who are actually impacting our day-to-day lives the most. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of us needed something like COVID to actually believe that. Um, And and I did go to, I, I won't, I will admit I've not been consistent, but I did go to one of those you know, mask um, meetings where, you know, where the public was allowed to register to speak and, and gave, um, you know, gave a short talk. And even though it was only one time, I don't think it made it change anybody's mind. And they still voted against the way that I wanted them to overall. I, I will voted say, with you. <laughs> I know you did. You were with me. You, you weren't you the only one? Um, probably Michael Ashcraft voted with us. Okay. On the mask mandates, I, I I'm just trying to I I believe yeah. he was voting with me on that. I so think it was he was. Yeah, it's five to two, five to two. It that's was five to two. Yeah, yeah, five to two. That's right. But I will say, like, even from that one time, like, it's amazing because you just don't realize the repercussion of your one your individual actions. Like, you as an elected official, obviously, what you do at on the county commission makes a huge impact for the community at at large. But even as an individual. Even just going and speaking in a two-minute window of time, you know, on whatever I said, like, I can't tell you how many people that I don't even know that me being able to 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 say that, to share that on social media, how many more people that impacted because I was engaged. And it it's convicting because if everybody was doing that even a little bit more than they are, imagine how much more impact we would be having as parents, as you know, community members in our cities at, you know, in, in the places that we're actually living impacted by these local policies. I think we just, we have to not forget that that is where it starts. And that is, that's largely what is on the ballot tomorrow is these, right. um, you know, these, these positions that a lot of it's, people think I'm just, I'm not going to waste my time. Very, very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mask mandate for the school districts that the um, the county commission passed as the board of county health, um, we had no authority. the 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 school The school districts they have home rule, and they they could have overruled us, but it was uh, political football. That's uh, what it was because they didn't. The school boards did not want to take the responsibility for making that decision, so they handed it off to the board of county commissioners. A little more distant from the voters and they wouldn't have to feel the heat. And uh, that's just inexcusable. It really is it, to, so to do that to our children and the repercussions. And I keep bringing it up that our policies have had such a negative impact on mm-hmm. our children, on our economy. I we, we're, we're in a mess and it's because of what the shutdown and, and uh, the mask mandates and just everything based on fear, 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 fear. And mm-hmm. I, I just said, uh, no, thank you. I am having nothing to do with this. I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm, I, this is ridiculous. And um, I, I took a lot of heat for that. Uh, that okay. uh, oh, the other, the other commissioners, except for Michael, the other commissioners were just, they were astounded that I would stand up and say no. And I said, 
no, this is, this is my body. I'm not going to do this. I don't, I'm not sick. I'm not going to come into work if I'm sick. And then they put the stupid plexiglass in front of me and on the side of me. Oh my gosh. And so that trying to shame you and actually, no, everyone had it. Oh, yeah. They had mask and the plexiglass glass it was just ridiculous so it's like so, which is it does does the mask work or not why do we need the pe- plexiglass <laughs> like does it are you are you actually aware that uh, it is a complete farce and it has right, right. zero impact but the, but the plexiglass it vibrates the one on the side was was flexing like this and so then it was reflecting light back well i have that can trigger a migraine in me and i i said okay this has to go away because I'm going to get a migraine. Oh, Commissioner O'Hara, we can't, we can't take that down. I said, well, that's fine. I'll take it down. And so I got up and I went around and started taking it down. They go, okay, okay, okay. Well, we'll take it down. But that's if you are strong and, and reasonable and consistent, people respond to that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you just have to be sure of yourself and to say, absolutely, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to do this. Right. And and so that's- Be that's the adult all. in the room. Yes, be the adult in the room. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm glad there's at least one up there. And um, I, I've already voted on Friday. I voted for you. So um, oh, you. definitely encourage anyone who is local to for sure vote for Charlotte O'Hara on the ballot. Um, I want to talk about some of the issues that we've kind of already mentioned, the ones that are the most important to you personally. I know that- um, kids and schools is a big one for you. You're the mother of five, grandmother right. of seven. Um, yes. Can you kind of share your heart behind why that has been something that you have fought, you know, so hard for in those county commissioner meetings uh, against these mandates for our children to be in person in school against lockdowns? Can you share about that? Well, the basic reason is civil liberties. And it goes back to our constitution that we have certain unalienable rights and they were being trampled. And the fact that that the authorities were using these mandates to impact our behavior on such a personal level, I I, I just absolutely could not stand the thought of that. But Mm -hmm. my background, I have a degree in education. Uh, I homeschooled. I do know something about children. And it was obvious that this was going to be very, very mm-hmm. destructive. People, children need to feel safe. They need to have a very consistent um, routine. And for you, for for us to even think about disrupting their lives in such a manner was just mm-hmm. unimaginable un- un- to me. And so I was fighting it tooth and nail. I knew that it was wrong and that these schools should be open and for the for the good of our children. And certainly they're not the the children are not a danger to the adults. And that was kind of how it was being framed. Oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. the teachers unions, they don't want to be in the classrooms with the kids. Oh, my gosh. Since when are children the problem? And since so, when are adults so incredibly selfish and self-obsessed that we do not sacrifice exactly, for our children? Like, exactly, exactly. As a community, I would sacrifice oh, for yeah. someone else's kids, even because I'm an adult. I should be the one to pay the price. They shouldn't. Right, right. Exactly. And, and you're talking about, and I'm also fighting for the uh, preschools and daycare centers. And and I, it, they they had to put up with mask mandates longer than, mm-hmm. than the schools. So and just true. absolutely, I mean, these are babies, for goodness yeah. sake. What are we doing? We're really transmitting fear. Yeah. 
And fear is a very, 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 very damaging uh, emotion. Are you looking for a historically tried and true way to teach your children foundational truths from God's word? Then get started catechizing them today. Catechizing encourages not only children, but also adults to gain a helpful, systematic understanding of what the Bible teaches. The basics and commandment catechisms from alongside them are based off the children's shorter catechism. These are written with simple and short answers that are easy for your little ones to repeat and remember. A scripture reference is included on each page to dig deeper into God's word together. These are durable flip books with modern designs. Multiple ages can learn together from toddlers to parents, and they can easily be integrated into your Bible time, family worship, or morning basket. I talk about this all the time on Instagram, how we need to be teaching our children truths, simple truths they can remember and understand and recall to mind. I was catechized as a kid, and I still remember the questions and answers that my dad went through with us, and I treasure the fact that those are ingrained in me, and it's so important to me to do the same with my kids. Go to their website at comealongsidethem.com, and be sure to use the discount code KINDLED5, that's KINDLED5 the number five for five dollars off your order again check out the basics and commandment catechisms at comealongsidethem.com and use the discount code kindled five for five dollars off and the dehumanization you know i just can't i it may feel to some people like why are you rehashing all of this this is old this is old news nobody's trying to push code regulations (laughs) oh because if we forget, if we forget what was done, it will be attempted again. Just wait. We are probably months away from whatever the next fear-oriented freak, right. global freakout is. And and I refuse to, to forget. I refuse to forget. I can forgive, but I will not forget because I'm not going to let this repeat itself in my children's lives or in, you know, in, in the way that we operate. Um, and I was one of those parents, again, with a two-year-old headed to preschool at a, at a church. It was a church-run preschool, and even they continued to have the teacher's mask. Now, luckily, since she was younger, they didn't make her, or I would have pulled her out, but the teacher, you know, your two-year-old trying to feel good as a parent that you're dropping your kid off for five or six hours with an adult with half their face covered, that's so scary. It's so weird and so bizarre. Yes, Yes, we went through, um, but again, it was tyranny. Mm-hmm. It, it was an attempt to see if they could really control the population. And boy, they were successful. Yeah. They were successful. Mission accomplished. But, but, pardon the pun, the mask is off. Mm-hmm. And um, I, the public is becoming aware that all of this, all of this um, supposed um, expert opinion on COVID and the vaccines and mm-hmm. all of this, it's just not, it's just not true. It's, yeah. it's incorrect. And yeah. so it's really up to us. Like you said, we have to be the adults. We have to stand up and we just have to say no. And I will tell you when you stand and you say no, it's really amazing how quickly people will go away and mm-hmm. leave you alone. But if you, if you constantly capitulate, well, they're going to come back. Yeah. So you just have to stand strong. It's all you right. have to do. They will push as far as you will let them. And I think that's what a lot of us saw is that, you know, um, I know so many parents, I know so many parents who absolutely hated masks. They hated it. And yet they sent their kid 
every day for two years. Now, I will admit the first year I was among those parents because I think, you know, there uh, I can give grace that like, okay, this was new. We didn't know how to respond. In my case, our school announced three days before school, they'd be requiring masks. They kind of left us without an option. You know, I it was like we considered homeschooling, pulling her out, but they kept kind of promising, oh, it's, you know, it's only going to be for a couple of weeks or it's just going to be until the end of the month. It ended up being all year until I think right. May. I mean, right, right before school ended. And, um, and luckily that didn't happen the second year as it did for a lot of my friends, but so many of them did not think it was necessary. They didn't believe in it. Um, and yet they, they just complied. And that's what you find is like, most people will just kind of, they'd rather not rock the boat. They'd rather just kind of do what is asked of them. They don't want to make a scene. They don't want to take a stand. They don't want to be in the spotlight. And I understand that, but I think what we all need to hear is that this is not the time and the hour to continue to comply. This is, it's way past time. And Steve Dace, one of my favorite commentators says, do you know what time it is? And this just kind of (laughs) metaphorical, like politicians who are fighting like you are for the issues that really matter. You understand what time it is. And I I just want listeners to hear that, uh, you know, the, the time to kind of go along with it, not rock the boat and stay liked by everyone and make no enemies. And, you know, that time has passed that, that time doesn't exist. The other, other issues that I'm concerned about is the high property taxes and uh, uh, our budget in uh, Johnson County in 2013 was 815 million, and for 2023 it's 1.64 billion. It's more than doubled since 2013. Our spending is absolutely out of control. Wow. And when you have these property taxes based on valuations, it's really a, a tax on unrealized gains. It is a tax on unrealized gains, and it's putting a lot of pressure on young families. Um, folks who are on fixed incomes. I I visited with a a lady in Fairway. She's 90 years old and it's Anne with an E. And uh, we had a wonderful visit and she had moved there in 1960. Mm -hmm. And she and her husband had bought a four bedroom double car garage home for 18,000. And they raised their family and um, and then her husband has since passed and she has moved to a small two bedroom single car garage home. She said, well, I could have bought this for 12,000. She said, but this just appraised this year for $240,000. I mean, tiny little, tiny little two bedroom home. Yeah. And um, the question is, how do we expect her being on a fixed income, 90 years old, all she wants to do is age in place. Mm-hmm. And we're taxing these people out of their homes. And then mm-hmm. my colleagues on the board, they go, oh, well, you know, the uh, county portion of that is only like 20%. Well, in some areas, it's 25%, but it doesn't matter. We need to, we are the county, we are the county board. We need to be setting the example to the, the other taxing entities that we have mm-hmm. to get our spending under control. Mm-hmm. So we have just passed this $1.64 billion dollars. And since we passed it, we have increased the expenditures using reserves another $40 million. Instead of having these known expenditures that were going to come up and have them in the budget process so that we could possibly so that we could have found places to save money. Nope. It's it is it is so irresponsible. And I have I have a huge fiduciary responsibility to all of the taxpayers in Johnson County. 
to make sure that we are expending these dollars in the most effective and efficient way. And so that it, when I'm elected chair, that's going to be my focus is how can we deliver services in the most efficient and effective way? Go to a zero-based budgeting process instead of just going, well, that's what you got last year. We'll just, right. just throw on another percentage. And right now I'm digging into um, the expenditures on homelessness. And what I'm finding, the money is being spent to provide jobs for the bureaucracy, and it's really not getting to the people in need. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're spending money on sewers and sidewalks and streetlights and this, that, and the other. It's like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, this is for this is for the homeless. And so mm -hmm. I'm asking, what is it, what is the number of homeless people in Johnson County? How many are we serving? What is the dollar amount that's getting to them? And do we need this extensive bureaucracy? And it's duplicating what Olathe is doing in Olathe. It's 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 mind-boggling, but it's just that the the bureaucracy really gets to the point of sustaining itself. Yeah. And we really need to get out of that mindset. Yeah, I agree completely. Man, that is uh that's disturbing. Just the, the doubling of the budget in that amount of time. It's, oh, it's yeah. wild, it's but it does, very... it does re reflect really what's happening even at a federal level as well. Oh, absolutely. And government spending is the base cause of inflation. Mm -hmm. So now the fed is raising our interest rates and wanting to kill the, the economy. Well, okay, but maybe you should be sending memos to Washington and say, cut the spending Mm -hmm. Quit throwing all of this money out. They've they've sent the county two hundred and thirty four million dollars in, in over the past two years, and uh, we are frittering away. We're sending fifteen million dollars to Panasonic. We're sending ten million dollars over here, I, and we we will have nothing to show for it. We need a mental health crisis center in Johnson County. Mm -hmm. We could have used that money to establish something that would really have been beneficial to the people of Johnson County, and they refuse to do it. It's just, uh, it's just, you know, oh no, we're going to put it here, we're going to put it there, and it's, it's really inexcusable. It truly is. That's just, uh, that's disgusting, honestly, to to hear. It is disgusting, and it reflects just such a um, devaluation again, a devaluation of human life, which. I think, you know, if there's one thing that kind of threads all of the issues that we see on the ballot tomorrow, it is it is the devaluation of human life. It is the rejection of reality. It's like you reject reality that a the that a, a baby, that a preborn baby is actually a human. You reject reality that uh such thing exists as a fixed gender and you're either a boy or an, and a girl. You reject the reality that parents have rights over their children before the school or the, the city or the state does you reject the reality that like you said we have inalienable rights and that means rights to our own bodies to decide what goes into them not to the bodies of the bodies inside of ours our own bodies <laughs> just right. to be super clear but all of right. this is just this react rejection of reality and it is like I, I, I don't know how else to say it 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 to me reality is on the ballot tomorrow like do you actually admit that your budget is what it is or is it like nah, that doesn't matter i don't care what it says i'll spend what i want i'll spend what i need to i'll it, it's like this just um materialistic consumeristic you can apply for and have as many credit cards as you will get approved for it's that's what's happening at the level of government and it's it is it, it is again a rejection of reality 
Right. And until the until the government gets their spending under control, the inflation is going to be with us. And of course, at the federal level, the uh, energy um, policies is is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And of course, we have um, okay, we have okayed changing our comprehensive plan in in Western Johnson County that is going to now allow a huge industrial solar farm. Mm-hmm. And these these um, these comprehensive plans, this plan had been in place forever, and the good folks out there had complied with it. No no um, use land use less than ten acres unless you plat the um, the area, the ground. And 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 yet now we're going to allow up to a two to three thousand acre uh, solar farm, and and it's going to be in these folks' backyard, and they have nothing that they can do about it at this point. It's it's just, it's really it really is just demeaning as to how the folks in Johnson County are being treated on so many issues. The next sponsor I want to tell you about is Cornerstone Curriculum, and this sponsor is going to make your decisions around what you teach your children in regards to biblical worldview incredibly simple. I completed their four-year program, Worldviews of the Western World, in high school, and they have many other resources available for students of all ages. This is not only for homeschool families, although it is perfect if you do homeschool. Um, even if your kids are in a private or a public school, they have resources for you. They have a Answers for Difficult Days Bible Study, Starting Points Worldviews Primer, video series, so much more. Check out their website at cornerstonecurriculum.com and be sure to use the coupon code KINDLED for 5% off. That's KINDLED for 5% off and visit their website at cornerstonecurriculum.com. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it kind of goes back to just bureaucrats being isolated, being able to do what they want with really no repercussion. Because like you said, people make a big noise, they they get upset, that they there's a big fuss, and then it goes away. And right. What what and was the cost? The, right. And so that is going to be one of the big differences with me as chair, because I will guide this board to becoming a policymaking board instead of just a rubber stamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a rubber stamp is what has gotten us to this point of more than doubling our expenditures since 2013. We have to take responsibility. It is the elected officials, which brings me to the point that we need to vote yes on the constitutional amendment that will guarantee that the sheriffs will be elected and that there can be no uh, ballot issue on the the future ballots uh, through the Charter Commission or a four-fifths vote of the Board of County Commissioners to put that question on the ballot to make the sheriff an appointed position. you do not want to diminish the number of elected positions because the elected positions is what gives you the voter power. And uh, yes, you're right. Absolutely. People have to pay attention to these local races. Please, please get involved and um, go and visit. Like I said, decide where you want to be focused on and just Mm -hmm. consistently put it on your calendar, go and whatever, just take the two minutes and voice what you are thinking. Because if you don't voice that, they don't know. They're not hearing it. And then it becomes an echo chamber. And that's what I really noticed. It becomes an echo chamber. And so their reality becomes the reality. And so we we need to be there. We need to push back. We need to say, no, this this is the truth. 
And this transgender policies, they should not have, this agenda should not be in our schools whatsoever. And actually we have nationalized our curriculum um, and that is not healthy. The, the local control of our schools is, um, is, a, is a faint memory and we really need to get back to that to have the parents really in control yes. and have local control of our schools. Yep, I agree completely on that. Um, and you mentioned something a second ago that you don't want to diminish the number of elected positions. And, um, I did vote yes on both of those constitutional amendments. That was the, the sheriff one. And then what was the other one? Legislative. The other one was that when there are, uh, administrative rules set up, well, like, um, the secretary of state, it was Mm -hmm. an administrative rule, which allowed the drop boxes. Well, the, the the legislature with this, if this passes, then they could have gone back and said, "Whoa, wait a minute, we don't agree with that," and so we're going to we're going to um, veto that with with right. a majority vote within the mm-hmm. House and the Senate. Again, taking away democracy. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And that's that gets me back to a quote that I I was laughing with you about before I hit record that we keep hearing. Uh, those on the left, it, you know, locally all the way up to the president himself say democracy is on the ballot. And I, I just have to laugh because I'm like, well, I agree with you, but I obviously disagree in the way that you mean that, because what you mean is that, um, you know, basically that th- they're spreading lies that Republicans are trying to take away democracy and they just want people to be afraid of the crime. It's not real. All these stories of rampant crime in big America's big cities, it's all a lie. And it's like, I'm literally watching it on my phone. I'm watching it. Even I actually, we've been talking about on, on Instagram with my community there. I've been talking about how I've even noticed in my local target at, at, uh, in Olathe that um, I'm noticing every time I go in, there are gangs of high schoolers that will come through the stores they'll kind of wreak havoc they'll either knock over mannequins or throw footballs at the lights trying to take stuff out and it's just you see this lawlessness that has become the norm across america in these big cities and our kids are noticing and they're like look if these adults aren't even having repercussions then why should i be afraid i'm bored i'm gonna get together with my friends and you know go on down to target and just uh, get into some trouble. And it's like, th- we're, we're seeing this microcosm of this, this larger problem that is at play. And getting back to my original thing, I said, democracy is on the ballot. Do you agree with that? And if so, can you kind of qualify that statement in, in how you agree with it? Well, let's remember we are a republic. Mm-hmm. That's what we are. Right. And, uh, and yes, our republic is on the ballot. And we as uh, Republicans need to stand up and say, Absolutely. We have to have law and order. And as I've gone door to door, there are so many people telling me stories of carjackings and mm-hmm. and their cars being broken into catalytic converters being stolen. And I mean, it's just all of this crime that never mm-hmm. before in Johnson County, this just was this just wasn't happening. And right. one of my supporters um Last week, he went down to the local school. It was a beautiful night, and they were playing basketball down there, and his wife left her purse in the car, and there was a smash and grab when they went back to the car. The the uh, window was broken out, and the purse was gone, and by the time they reported it, $3,500 had been charged on the credit card. So, wow. I mean, it's just, yeah, we have to fit. We have to feel safe. And that is the number one job for, for the Board of County Commissioners is public safety. And I've and I've talked about that a lot. So property taxes, public safety, 
And then transparency. And of course, you were involved in coming up and speaking to us and you could see what a battle it is to Mm -hmm. have the transparency because they want all of the decisions to be made behind closed doors. They Mm -hmm. hate it when there's something on the consent agenda and I take it off. And I say, well, just for the public's sake, I I would just like to have the explanation. Oh my gosh, they do not want that. They are so used to being in this vacuum that they can just do whatever they want and there's no one to hold them accountable. Man. That's just, that's crazy. I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised, but it's like, man, I'm, I'm so yes, glad and you're running. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I am roundly criticized. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, don't you read your packet? And I said, well, yes, but I would like you to explain this. Yeah. So the public understands it. it, but they, they really do not want the public to be mm-hmm. that educated as to what's going on. Right. Yeah. It, they, there's a, there's a disdain. It almost seems for right. The general but, public that they are hired, or they're elected to serve, really. Right. But the real answer is public engagement at the local level and at the state level. People just have to get it into their heads that this is their civic responsibility. If they want to maintain our republic, they have to be involved because mm-hmm. if if they're not, then then our our freedom is going to go away. Yeah, you're right. So then would you shift that declarative statement of democracy is on the ballot to the republic is on the ballot? I would say that if we don't really get serious about being engaged in our government, that then then we deserve what we get. Yeah. And it, it really it it really doesn't take that much effort. And just I have I have some people they come up and they they get a little too heated and I've spoken to them afterwards and I said, just you know just have a little bit more decorum and be very succinct about what you're talking about Mm -hmm. and you will be very effective. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's really been fun to watch some people go through that that process. And now Mm -hmm. they speak and it's, it's wonderful. I mean, I have one gentleman, um, he comes up, well, he was always polished because he's a retired um, uh, tax attorney. And every week he talks about, the perils of uh, the COVID uh, vac- vaccines, I don't want to call them vaccines, whatever, the COVID shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, therapeutic mm-hmm. shots. Um, how how dangerous they are to children. Week mm-hmm. after week, he does in-depth studies. And that. week after week, he's presenting two-minute vignettes as, as to the next issue. Mm-hmm. And um, another gentleman, he is there taking copious notes and he posts his posts these notes on uh, next door. He has figured out how to do that and not be censored. And and it's really it's really heartwarming to see the process that people really understand now that they cannot they cannot just vote and then just neglect. Yes, you, you're so right. Yes. Yeah, you can't you can't just vote and just neglect because if mm-hmm. you do, like I said, the process is so moderating. I need to hear, I need to hear from my constituents. Mm-hmm. I need to see you at these board meetings. And if I need that to make sure that I am staying on the course, then these other people mm-hmm. that are, they're, they're, in my opinion, they are very far to the left. Mm-hmm. If they don't hear an opposite opinion, they just really think that what they're doing is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, I think a lot of this- 
Yes. I mean, a lot of this has to start really uh, the, the problem that you're describing of people kind of thinking they can vote their way out of something and then just be disengaged. It really begins with education. And I don't think that our, like you mentioned, that our public school curriculum probably does a good job of explaining and and demonstrating and then giving kids the opportunity to see the impact that they can have in local politics. Um, I was thankfully in a private school environment. And so I, I did learn some of that, but even my education was probably lacking some awareness of, you know, just the gravity and the weight of what impact I could and should make at the local level. Um, That's something that I want to make sure I'm teaching my kids because, again, we cannot just show up on one day, check a box, and think everything just changes and and improves from there. Like, we have to be engaged, and you're kind of making me realize that I need to find a way that I can make my voice heard on a regular basis, not just when there's one big hot issue that I care about, but on a regular basis because why do we want to wait for the train wreck before we start saying, hey, there's a problem with the tracks? Like, why are we waiting until there's already a wreck? I will tell I will tell you, I would suggest a book. It's called The Closing of the American Mind. Mm, I've heard of that. Yep. It was written in 19- Or The Coddling? Pardon? Is it The, the Coddling? Closing, it's called The Closing of the American Closing. Mind. And it's right, and right. the author is Alan Bloom. Okay. And it is a fantastic book and very prophetic as to why we are where we are at this point. And uh, I would really encourage your listeners to to um, get that book and, and read it. It's a deep dive. And, you know, our education does not stop when we graduate from high school or college or a doctor, whatever. You mm-hmm. never you never finish the educational process. It's every day you should be reading. You should be expanding yourself in some way. Uh, I mean, I I read the Wall Street Journal and the UK Telegraph, and I bring up issues at the Board of County Commissioners, like there was a $10 billion settlement with Walgreens and CVS. And I ask, okay, are we going to get some of these funds? Oh, well, you were told that in an executive session. I'm going, you know what? We are not in an executive session. This is an open session. I have the question and I want to know. But if you don't, if 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 I don't go out and educate myself as to what is happening, I don't have the ability to ask these questions. Yeah. And then it's not open to the public. Transparency is so mm-hmm. incredibly important. It's so important. And uh, so, you know, and, and the other issue that I'm really uh, concerned about is all the tax incentives that's being given to the big developers. Um, every time there is a tax incentive, it 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 shifts the burden of taxes from that entity onto the backs of everyone else because the expanded services are going to have to be provided, but yet they don't have to pay their fair share. Um, example, the uh, million square foot buildings down in Edgerton, they're only they're only paying five to ten percent of their tax bill. They have an incentive of ninety to ninety five percent, and then part of that's going back to their infrastructure costs. And why are we doing this? This is a geographically driven business. They need to be there because of the intermodal. And yet, our local our local city Edgerton is is giving these big huge tax incentives. And I mean, Panasonic is another, they're getting a billion dollars, nearly a billion dollars from the state. The city of DeSoto gave them a 100% tax increment finance district. And what's uh, tax break? That means that, that all of the dollars, except for half of the, half of the school uh, tax 
It will all be diverted from public coffers, the city tax, the county tax, the fire district tax, all of those taxes are going to be diverted and given back to the developer for, mm -hmm. for uh, development costs. And then they'll come back and they will get an industrial revenue bond, which means that they will pay no sales tax on any construction materials, equipment, or fixtures. How would you like to build a house and not have to pay any uh, sales tax Sounds on the construction great. Yeah, it'd be great. Great. But you don't get that. Only the big boys. And it's just, it, it's it's too much. And, and I have a background in business. I understand this. I've used an industrial revenue bond several years ago. I understand the process. And I'm now asking my friends in Topeka to please, please pass, pass a bill that will limit these incentives to 50% only 10 years because the tax increment finance districts, they go for 20 years. Those property taxes are diverted for 20 years. That's insane. Yeah. So anyway, that's just a few things that we need to work on. Yeah. Just a couple, you know, no big deal. You can handle that. Yeah. Right. Start with something else. Yes, exactly. I know that's, that's the kind of woman you are, which I love. Um, you know, as we're closing out, um, I know that you are a believer like I am, and Absolutely. I know that that you believe in, you know, the the sovereignty of God and that, you know, the, the reason we care about these issues is because uh, we actually believe that there is a higher authority and it's not us and that he created us and made us and that he has um, given us, you know, a, a part of his image is in, a, in every single one of us. And so that's why we care about what our kids are being taught or that they're able to, you know, go to school, be with their peers and, and be um, in environments that are safe and building them up in truth and not destroying them and, and seeking to uh, sexualize them. And, and all of these issues that may seem okay. just like these political talking points, they have a deep rooting and grounding in right. our beliefs. And um, so if you could talk for a second about, you know, right. uh, about that, that'd be awesome. So, um, at almost every board meeting, I have my rosary with me, and usually it's in my hand. And it, it is just such a grounding reminder that, yes, God is sovereign, and people may be very rude uh, to towards me, but it doesn't it doesn't impact me because I know I know where my belief system is. Mm -hmm. and it's it just gives me the ability to just respond. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And I bring up my point and I never respond in kind. And, and that is what you have to remember that people of faith, we know the truth. And the fact of the matter is, is that just a simple thing of me holding my rosary in my hand has had a, a huge impact. And it was really brought home to me um, in September of 2021 when we had the 20th anniversary for the, uh, for the, the, uh, the Twin Towers. I was holding my rosary and, and we had a beautiful ceremony and the um, the head of medic came up to me and said, Commissioner O'Hara, I noticed that you have your rosary with you and uh, today and that you have it with you most of the time. I said, yes, I, I do. And uh, he says, I have no idea what your prayer intentions are. And I said, to save our nation, because that's really what that's really what we are working is to mm -hmm. save our nation. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, Whatever your prayer intentions are, you have no idea how powerful that is. 
And I thought such a simple thing, such a simple thing as me holding my rosary is having a is sending a powerful message. Then shame on us as Christians that we aren't standing strong for our faith and simply witnessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's been it's been a it's been a great experience to go around and campaign for almost a year and a half. This is I am a little tired. <laughs> uh, so tomorrow yeah. we will see what the people, what the voice of the people have to say. And it's, it's all in God's hands. And I feel, I feel very, um, very much at peace that we've run a great campaign and we've, we've been out there, we've hit 50,000 doors. Um, The, the, uh, the level of volunteers has just been incredible. And Mm -hmm. so we'll see, we'll, we've, we've laid the groundwork and we will see what the people have to say. Yeah, we will. And I know you've done the work and now it's just time to kind of sit back and see the fruit of your labors and um, trust God with, with everything. So I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Um, I will make sure to get this out today so that people can um, hear from you directly ahead of voting tomorrow. Um, And I just appreciate again, all of your work and service for our community. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening today, guys. If you haven't gotten to the polls yet, please get out and vote. Our country's future depends on it. God is sovereign. He is good. He is righteous. He is true. We can trust him, but we also need to submit to him and recognize his authority, recognize that his word is true by agreeing with him as we vote, as we live in the world. How you vote doesn't save you, but I will say as someone who is, who has been ransomed, who has been set free, who has been given eternal life in Christ, uh, how you vote should be an outworking of your salvation. It is one of the ways that you um, actually walk out the gospel. It is not what saves you, but because you've been saved, it's one of the ways that you live differently in the world as a Christian, as a light, as someone who is swimming upstream, who is a a salmon, as Ali Stuckey loves to say, uh, you are swimming against the current of culture because that is what God says is true and his word is so much more important than any politicians, than any governments, than any man's. And so regardless of what happens tomorrow, um, I I hope you'll join me in praying for God to uh, have mercy on this nation. I mean, we need it. We need um, such a huge amount of his mercy for the many sins that this country is responsible for, for the blood that's on our hands from abortion, from all of the wicked immigration policies there's just there's so many things that I you know I could sit here for hours and I would not be able to reach the end of the depravity that that we see happening in our nation and yet I do believe that God is kind he is merciful he is uh, righteous and his will will be done tomorrow regardless of what that is so pray for um, strength to endure whatever is coming our way and um, join me in voting at the polls on November 8th thanks guys 